I'm Grant Lee Martelli, and this is Above the Noise, a podcast at the intersection of faith, race, and reconciliation. This will be a short podcast because I want to address the issue of the killing of Ahmad Arbery. In our next episode, we will begin our interviews with people of influence who are working on the front lines of faith, race, and reconciliation. But in this interview, we want to address this topic. A young black man, Ahmad Arbery, was killed in Brunswick, Georgia, on February 23, 2020, by three white men for no apparent reason than they thought that he was. This seems to be a common theme in these kind of incidents, where we hear things like, well, we thought he was, or he looked like, or we thought this, and therefore these things resulted, and it results in the senseless taking of the life of another person of color. This father, son, and now friend, who was most recently arrested, one of them a retired law enforcement officer, set up an ambush on a neighborhood street, pulled guns on an unarmed jogger, and was surprised that he would try to defend himself and get away from three armed men in broad daylight who took his life at close range. A man would have turned 26 this month, and his mother received a Mother's Day present of mourning the senseless loss of her son. Once again, the video was released, and there's national outrage in many quarters at the senseless taking of another black person's life. Again, there are marches and protests and calls for resignation and prosecutors and police officers who prior to this appeared to be highly competent in doing their jobs seem now to be unable to carry out their duties. The video shows that Ahmad stopped his job to look in the house that was under construction. It's just justification for the senseless murder of a person on the street in broad daylight. If looking through a house under construction is a crime punishable by death, then most of us are guilty because we have looked through houses, we've looked through buildings, we've looked at things being constructed and and wonder what was going on. Sometimes just even to to learn for when we are doing our own construction. My wife and I live in a house that's three years old in a neighborhood that's about five or six years old. Countless people went through our house when it was being built. And we went through other houses as they were being built, not just in this area, but in many other areas. When we moved into our house, there was a barbecue in the summer, and it was amazing to us how many people could tell us about things in our house or things that happened when our house was being built because it was common for people to go through houses and see what was done. No one was killed and no one was shot, but we all learned from each other. When will our society come to grips with this institutional racism? This is not about the right to bear arms. I support that right. It is not about gun control. Racist people will find ways to meter out their privilege and power differential in whatever ways they can find. It is not about a house under construction. It is about human depravity and placing a higher value on some lives than others. It is like George Orwell wrote in the book Animal Farm, where the pigs finally put up a sign on the farm. The first sign said all animals are created equal. But then by the time they got into power and they began to enjoy the privileges of power, they modified the sign to say all animals are created equal. 
but some are created more equal than others. We forget that when the framers of the American Declaration of Independence wrote, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These same men went home to estates where they owned people as property, slaves. They called them chattel. And in the same framing documents, they value these slaves as three-fifths of a person for tax purposes. We forget that they learned and reproduced these same principles from their colonial counterparts across the sea who only counted people as valuable if they owned property and title. Amart Arbery was denied his opportunity for life, liberty, and freedom. Many religious organizations are streaming meetings due to the coronavirus, and I wonder how many of them brought attention to this over the last few weekends Another senseless killing of another life for no reason other than racism. It is time to speak up, people of faith. It is time not just to stand up, but to stand out. Not speaking about it and pretending that injustice is not happening will not cause it to go away. It will not disappear. We cannot continue to allow injustice to prevail by our silence. Dr. Jim Dennison wrote in the the Daily Chronicle, the shooting of a mad arbory eradicating the virus of racism, where he compares racism to the coronavirus. He wrote, we should treat the symptoms of racism by continuing to work for justice and against the systemic discrimination prevalent in much of our culture and our churches. And we must all respond to the tragedy of racism by increasing awareness, relationships, and commitment. We must condemn and oppose white supremacy wherever we find it. How about adopting a zero tolerance towards racism? Recently, 190 religious leaders took out a two-page ad in the Seattle Times entitled, We Stand with Ahmaud Arbery and All People of Color. It read in part, As white evangelical Christian pastors and leaders who seek to emulate Jesus Christ in love for all nations, tongues, and tribes. We stand beside African Americans to lament this interracial violence and all expressions of hate, and we call for justice for Ahmad Arbery and all people of color. He went on to say, we repent for the silence of evangelical leaders on this issue. A powerful, and even may I say it's an authentic statement, on the topic of the day. But as I said in my last episode, is a statement enough? A statement is a good start, and it is a public statement in the newspaper, but it does not reform the criminal justice system. It does not fill the wage and housing gap between white Americans and people of color. It does not stand in the office of the police commissioner and the attorney general and demand police retraining with cultural sensitivity. It does not demand an end to racial profiling. With that said, I want to applaud these men and women who put their reputations and potentially careers on the line to call for justice. Jesus said, I am come to do, among other things, set free the oppressed. And isn't setting free the oppressed the same as calling for justice, as the cause of justice? It is time 
that all of us who claim to be followers also take up the cause of justice and freedom. Let us no longer be complicit through our silence. Reverend Dr. Otis Moss III conducted a 20-minute exposition called The Cross and the Lynching, a Requiem to Ahmad Arbery, where he pays tribute by recapping the history of devaluing people of color and the power of the gospel in the struggle for freedom. You can view this on YouTube if you search for Reverend Dr. Otis Moss III, The Cross and the Lynching. We are people of hope, and at the same time, we are people of struggle. We are people of faith, and at the same time, we are people of justice. Silence is no longer an option. We must stand for justice. And in this case, we stand with Ahmad Arbery. Thank you for listening. If you find this podcast of value, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast listening site. Share it with a friend, tell someone else. And send me your comments at abovethenoise24 at gmail.com. Abovethenoise24 at gmail.com. Thank you.